Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May 4th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We had our guest on Mr. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org, doing a phenomenal job. We talked about last Saturday's Utah Republican Party Organizing Convention. We talked about how Mitt Romney got booed off the stage. Not totally off the stage. I guess the uh, Republican leader got up and stood beside Mitt and saved his bacon and got the crowd to calm down a tidbit, shamed them, said shame on you for being, well, the sad part is they don't have any way to express their frustrations these days. The problem is Mitt Romney's voting record, it's out of control. It's liberal. It's extreme. According to the John Birch Society reports, Mike Lee is well into the 90s. Um, really, really, really dismal for Mitt Romney. And so people just are not happy. He circumvented the caucus system in America to get on the ballot in the first place. You know what? Nobody wants him there. But he's there because the election system in America is broken. Broken for a lot of reasons. Fraud being one of them. Uh, manipulation of the system and changing the game and changing the laws and the rules and moving us more and more and more towards the democracy is certainly one of them as well. We talked about the 12 myths fueling government overreach in times of crisis. Robert Higgs wrote that article, and it rate, relates directly to the point at hand. Second hour, we had on Dr. Scott Bradley, his lifelong goal and collegiate series to preserve the nation. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Check out his award-winning collegiate series, books and videos, and a whole lot more. Also, check out his weekly webinars with Q&A on the Constitution and more. Freedomsrisingsun.com. With him, we talked about Mitt Romney being booed at the speech of the GOP convention in more detail. We talked about, did you know that the recall power was considered and rejected during the Constitutional Convention by the Founding Fathers? They believe it didn't work. It moved us too much towards a democracy. The 17th Amendment, ladies and gentlemen, states that the Constitution established the direct election of U.S. senators in each state. The amendment supersedes, they say, Article uh, 1, uh, Section 3, Clauses 1 and 2 of the Constitution under which senators were elected by state legislative bodies. Also... It changed the way vacancies would be fulfilled. Originally, the Constitution required state legislatures to fulfill Senate vacancies. Now they've turned that all into democracy style. Folks, it's a disaster. We talked about that being related. President Biden jettisoning science, to say the least, wearing a mask despite being vaccinated. He calls it a patriotic responsibility for God's sakes. Wow. 
Science be darned, right? Wow. I guess they lied to us again. They first said only a 10-day lockdown, huh? 14-day lockdown at the most. Uh, and then they said, well, you got to have masks. Then they said, well, you got to have vaccines if you want to get rid of the mask. Now they said, psych, you got to have vaccines and you can't get rid of the mask. They've lied, 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 lied. I guess on another topic, but just as sad, we talked about the more we move towards a democracy, the more we lose our morality in America, too. Promoting of democracies and promoting immorality go hand in hand. And Manhattan District Attorney, a guy by the name of Cy Vance Jr., announced on Wednesday that the city will no longer prosecute prostitution and unlicensed massage. That's according to a press release from the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. So immorality just all over the place in America, folks. And that's the reason that we're suffering such great trouble, such great trials in the most wonderful country on the face of the earth, face of the earth. It's a tragic reality check, but there you have it. All right, that's a recap of yesterday's two-hour broadcast. Still available at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. Spread the word. Donate liberally, would you please? News the networks refuse to use today starts now. Kirk Crosby's with me for a discussion of all things liberty. Localhoneyman.com. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. I have a story straight out of Kurt Crosby's playbook. You ready, Kurt? Yes, You're going to love this story. All right, here's the headline. Man, 79 years old, goes to school to help wife curl her hair. Have you seen this story, Kurt? No, I haven't. All right, it's a phenomenal one. you got to look it up. The details are very cool. I'll get into them now. A Canadian man, he's been married to his wife for 50 years, okay? And the problem is she needed a little help when her eyesight started to fail. So question for y'all, what do you do when your love, your partner, your wife, your husband, your spouse, is what do you do when she's struggling with something that she's always been good at? Answer, a 79-year-old man in Alberta, Canada, went looking for help with just that question on his mind. His wife of 50 years could no longer see well enough to curl her own hair without burning herself. So this dude just marched right into a beauty school to find out how to do it for her. employees at Delmore or Delmar college of hair and aesthetics in red deer hooked him up, buddy with a student in a mannequin to help. He learned how to wield the curling iron. Then they showed him how to apply her mascara, too. Yeah. Her appearance has always been something that she's taken pride in, and it's important to her. Therefore, it's important to me, he says. Delmar College of Hair and Aesthetics director, her name is Carrie Hanna over there, she told, uh, I guess, everybody about this thing. Here's what the deal is. The man who prefers to remain anonymous, did a little bragging about his wife also. He pulled out pictures to show how beautiful she is, even boasting her about her impressive 100-word-per-minute typing skills. <laughs> the school posted photos of him learning the ropes of how to do hair on Facebook. And, of course, the post went viral, as you can expect. It's been shared more than 380,000 times. Thousands of phenomenal comments flowed from the 
incident as well, like true love, commitment, devotion to the person he loves. God bless him for wanting to help his wife with something that we women find so personal for ourselves and our emotional well-being. One woman wrote, Hannah, that's the lady there at the, at the um, I don't know what you call it, haircutting school. <laughs> uh, Hannah called the lesson one of the highlights of her career. That's according to Newsweek, by the way. The couple have been back to thank the school several times for their help, but the staff says the gratitude flows both ways. We really needed some cheering up at a time like this, and man, he did it for us, Hannah said. That's the leader of the salon there. Anyway, I told you it was right out of your playbook, Kurt. Phenomenal news. Well, you're exactly right, Sam. And, uh, you know, I guess the guy's uh, turning 80 in, well, this month. And uh, they said he's a very brave man for stepping into a hair college and asking for lessons on styling hair. Wow. Yeah, man, that, there's a real man right there, buddy. I guess they say uh, they don't think too many men would do that. That's what I'm talking about. He's a real man. He's not afraid of nothing. He's just like, hey, my wife needs help and support. And uh, you know what? I, I want to give it to you. You know what it reminds me of, Kurt? <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Song for the Season. It's a Christmas show. And uh, I think it's Naomi Judd that's in it and stuff like that. And. <clears throat> She plays a school uh, music teacher. And uh, in the movie, um, there's a man. And um, this man is like the hatchet man, cutting school budgets and all this kind of stuff, right? And um, so this man rolls into town to cut all the budgets. And long story short, he gets down to it. And he's got to cut the music department. And it's a horrible thing. Well, they start to have romantic interest, the man that's the hatchet man and the music teacher and he has to cut her program and she's living with him anyway along the way in that whole discussion is kind of interesting uh this man's dad uh, was in the military so whenever he sees people he's like hey up up to you know what march up here and hug your grandpa and stuff like that the guy's kind of funny but anyway in the story um this girl is dating grandpa because grandpa's first wife passed away or whatever and so this lady named marge is dating grandpa and uh, so she says, you know what? I, I want to give him this thing. He was in the military. His whole life is about the military. He listens to old time radio. He's just, this is who he is. And I want to bring all of his, you know, military buddies together and, 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 you know, have a party for him. He misses his buddies. And I, I really like to do this. And so she goes to the, 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 the son, which is really the guy that's the hatchet man and says, Hey, I, you know, help me do this. And so anyway, long story short, she gives him this gift. And she's trying to get him to marry her. And she's like, he's like, because military guy, he's like, nah, I don't want to enlist. You know, I don't want to enlist again. I'm too old. Not happening. Anyway, after she gives him this gift of love, of rounding up all of his military buddies and, and doing this wonderful thing for him, he realizes how important she is and what kind of a gift she's given. All I can say is it's a gift like that, ladies and gentlemen. Liberty Roundtable Live. The 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Kirk Crosby on your radio, hard-hitting talk. Man, 79 years old, goes to school to bust out and learn how to help his wife, wife curl her hair. So there you go. Uh, an act of love. And it, and it reminds me of that song of the season <clears throat> uh, movie because she really goes to bat to give him a gift that he'd really want. And I think that, that gift giving, proper gift giving is, a, is certainly a skill, uh, certainly uh, important. Uh, but you know what? When it's done with love, there's, there's no comparing. It almost reminds me of the great gift we've received from Jesus Christ if we accept it. That is the gift of salvation. All we got to do is, what, follow him like he's asked us to do? Uh, so there you go, Kurt. Just thought uh, you, I thought you'd dig that to kick off the show, my friend. Well, and the other thing is kind of interesting that um, you'd actually uh, be the guy bringing up uh, a movie that would uh, connect to something we're talking about. So, I mean, typically yeah, I'm the one who's, uh, you know, uh, stuck with that uh, part of the play, I guess you'd say. But uh, yeah, that's, yeah right. that's, that's good. Uh, very All good right. Sam. But I'm not mm -hmm. sleeping during the movies, kid. I'm awake. Good and stuff. point. Nice. Well, I I do actually stay awake on some of them. You know, I mean. Well, that's I good. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, it may take me a week to get through a movie. I mean, you know, ten minutes a what? night or whatever, like that. You know. How does it take you a week to get through a movie while you're? Well, because what happens is like I, two hours long. Yeah, because uh, I start it at 
at night when I'm tired, you know, and of course I try to get as comfortable as possible, and so I might go just a little while before I pass out, and then the next night I try to start it where I passed out, you know. Where you think you last remember, I see. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that's how I get, you know, a movie a week or something, you know. Yeah, that's right. Well, there you have it. Mm-hmm. No problem at all, right? Right. <laughs> all right, what do you got in the news, Kurt? What should we focus on today? Well, I thought this one might be interesting to you. I just saw it from uh, our buddies there at the... Do you say e- uh, the Epoch, A-P-O-C-H, Times? Uh, you know, I, I keep wondering if I should say Epoch, Epoch? No, it's Epoch Times, buddy. Okay, well, anyway. Uh, yeah, those Epoch guys, Times. Um, yeah, you want to know why, reads, Yes. Because their news is epic. Okay, good. Because they do a killer job, that's why. Yep, so the headline All reads, right. a, a Chinese man smuggled himself to Taiwan in a rubber dinghy for freedom. Alex Wu, he's got the piece, uh, and... Uh, all I can say is, woo, this is a good story, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of cool to see. I, I haven't heard of too many Americans, like, getting in a dinghy, trying to head to, like, Cuba, you know, heading across the border into, you know, Mexico. Maybe they're, you know what I mean. Uh, it's just, you just don't see it, Sam. And so, you know, you just got to ask yourself, um why that is if if america is such a race baiting you know terrible place uh, according to uh, you know joe biden and uh, you know crew that you got these people that are you know trying to go uh, somewhere where there's more freedom even in america you got that happening when you get people uh leaving places like new york um california Oregon, Washington, you know what I mean, the more uh, locked down cities, even even like in Utah, you got people leaving the bigger cities and trying to find some bits of freedom uh, out there somewhere, right? Absolutely. It just reminds you of that song, somewhere out there, you know, anyway. But it uh, also reminds me yeah. of, you know, people will do a lot of stuff for freedom, Kurt. Yeah, this guy was 33 years old. They sur- his surname is Z-H-O-U, so you could figure out how to say that. Uh, but anyway, he came to Taiwan for freedom. His military-grade rubber dinghy was purchased from China's online shopping website, T-A-O-B-A-O, I don't know, I said Taobao, uh, with a motor that he installed. Altogether, it cost him about... Well, it says 16,000 yuan, about 2,500 bucks. He bought 90 liters, almost 24 gallons of fuel for the trip. Uh, According to the Chinese language media reports, he crossed the Taiwan Strait, undetected by both PLA and Taiwanese Navy maritime patrols and shore patrols. After reaching the Taicheng port for two hours, he saw workers passing by and called for help. The workers bought him Brought it, it should say brought, but it says bought him, well, maybe they bought it, uh, food and provided him for with clothes after they learned that Zhao... Well, let me explain had, how it works, Kurt. You ready? Yeah, they had to buy it first. They first it bought it, then they brought it. And then it. they okay. brought it. Yeah, good point. That's right. Uh, anyway, after they learned that he had sailed across the Taiwan Strait from the mainland, they called the police uh, from Xinxi 
Vujon. Anyway, it's about 100 nautical miles, so 100 miles he's cruising across in this little dinghy. But um, what people do to go for freedom, you know what I mean? Where so, did he go from and to, Kurt? Well, he went from communist China yes. to Taiwan, Taiwan, the Republic of so China. So I got a question. Why don't we call Taiwan a separate country? And why don't we, uh, you know, back their freedom play, Kurt? Well, Sam, you wouldn't want to upset any of those I would. insider. I mean, I don't want to upset anybody, man, but I do want to support you know, freedom. Amen to that. I would too. Yeah, yeah. They say uh, one one person in one boat can successfully cross the strait without being detected. It does not mean that a hundred people in a hundred boats or a thousand people in a thousand boats can also sneak into Taiwan in the same way. Hmm. I think it could mean that. You know what I mean, Sam? I mean, well, it, we would know. hope it means that, but we would also yeah. want to kind of you know submit to the communists. A little bit of, you know, why do people want to flee if your system is so awesome? Why are people just like bailing and taking tremendous risks to get the heck out? I mean, Cuba does the same stuff to the U.S., right? Why are people trying to flee to, you know, different locales and stuff like that? Is it because it's so incredible there? Mm -hmm. Is it because they lack indoctrination classes? I mean, what is it? Yeah, right. I just, I don't get it, right? Well, I guess I do get it. Yeah, good point. You do. But I just I just don't understand how they fail to understand this. And then they're like, well, don't worry. A bunch of people can't leave. We'll force them to stay. You know, and, yeah. and in, in my mind, doesn't that just kind of tell the whole story right there? Somebody's yes, fleeing, and they're going to force you to stay. Don't worry. Most people can't do what this guy did. That's a fluke. We'll prevent the rest of them. We're sure of it. And it's like, hey, this is awesome. Embrace our way of life. Not. I was just. That's right. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, send me that headline, Kirk, because I think that's, you know, valuable. Sad tale to tell. Bill and Melinda Gates. Oh, yeah. I announced divorce after 27 years. This is a sad tale, Kurt. I don't know behind the mm-hmm. scenes what's going on there or whatever else, but, you know, I don't see how this is a positive news piece. And I don't bring it no. up to being negative, but I do bring it up to say, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I get once in a while that there might be some kind of abuse or, you know, something that justifies a divorce. I'm not saying it's never justifiable, but I'm saying 99 times out of a hundred people who get divorced, you know, wish they hadn't. Um, sometimes people even get back together and remarried. I talked to a guy the other day and I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, my ex, we did this and we did that. And I'm like, what do you mean? Why are you doing all this stuff with your ex? Well, because we've been together for eight years since we divorced. And I said, well, why don't you just get married? We're working on it, he says. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of goes to show, ladies and gentlemen, that you know what? <laughs> people don't want to be alone. People don't. And people are always thinking the grass is greener. And, and, but what you got to do, and I don't know everything about it. I've only been married. My 29th year wedding anniversary is coming up here in a little bit, a couple days. Uh, literally a couple days. But anyways, I, I, I say what you got to do is work on your relationship. And if you put as much time into the relationship as you put criticizing and or in efforts to leave the relationship, man, the relationship could be awesome. And so, you know, before Bill and Melinda finalize their divorce, I'd just like to kind of shout out to them. Guys, you know what? I know it's not perfect and I know life's hard and I know a lot of things can get in the way. I get that. It's very easy to not see things, you know, the way they really are. But if you go a little way, if you you, can I quote another movie, Kurt? Do I dare do that? Yeah. Two and one. uh, 
Yeah, good point. Hour? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you this, Kurt. Do you know the answer? What is the movie that gives the guy a bunch of guidance of how to save his marriage? Mm. I think there's a number of those, but I can't. Nothing comes to mind real quick. Oh, you come know, on. Sorry. Do you know Cameron? Hmm. Oh, come on, man. What's wrong with you people? But, Sam, there's $146 billion at stake for Bill and Melinda Gates, you know? I mean, um, we'll so. talk about that coming up, too. Mm-hmm. All right, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think either of them will have money problems. <clears throat> well, they have plenty of money problems, just not the kind you and I might think of, right? All right, when we get back, I'll tell you the name of the movie, too. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Claiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Mexico City officials are reporting a subway train derailed in Mexico City Monday night after an overpass partially collapsed, killing at least 20 people and wounding dozens of others with 38 hospitalized. The structure was built in 2012. Mexico City Mayor Claudia Sheinbaum says it appears a support beam has failed, end quote. President Biden on Monday called on wealthy Americans and corporations to pay their fair share to fund free community college and other benefits as he promoted his sweeping jobs and safety net plan in Virginia. Speaking at Tidewater Community College in the port city of Norfolk, Biden said his proposed expansion of the U.S. public education system would rebalance the economy and benefit lower-income Americans. Melinda and Bill Gates are getting divorced after 27 years of marriage. Reports on Tuesday said the couple did not sign a prenuptial agreement before they got married in 1994. USA Radio News. Who's really running the country? Joe Biden? The First Lady? Kamala Harris? Maybe Barack Obama? Already, Kamala Harris is the most powerful vice president in history. All this week, Newsmax's Greg Kelly asked the tough questions about Joe Biden and who's really in charge at the White House. Every night this week, Greg Kelly is on Newsmax giving you the news you need to know. So watch Greg Kelly tonight at 7 p.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern and see his series, Who's Really in Charge? Newsmax TV is America's fourth highest rated cable news network. Everyone is talking about Newsmax. Find Newsmax on all major cable systems. If you don't get it, call your cable system, tell them you want it. Or get Newsmax free on your smart TV. Or tune into Roku, Amazon Fire, Pluto, Zumo, or YouTube. Or just download the free Newsmax TV app on your smartphone and watch us anytime, anywhere. Millions of Americans are watching Newsmax. So should you. Looking into the turmoil at the U.S.-Mexico border, Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau. House Republicans James Comer and Jason Smith are questioning a Biden administration proposal that would send cash payments to Central America as part of a strategy to deal with the causes of the illegal immigration crisis. Both are ranking members of the House Oversight and Budget Committee, and they've expressed concern that sending millions of dollars to countries with rampant corruption isn't a good idea. In the meantime, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton tells Fox News the border crisis is not just an issue for states along the U.S.-Mexico border. 
So this is just a launching point. Obviously, the cartels are not going to tell us where the drugs are going and the human trafficking, where that's going. That's going all over the country. And we know that these kids and these families are being, being sent everywhere. And they may be sent there with COVID or some other transmittable disease. And every state is going to start having to deal with these problems. Although paid for, the U.S.-Mexico border wall remains unfinished. USA Radio News. on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, full of movie advice today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you got to dig it, huh? Sadly, the Bill and Melinda Gates family, um, I guess divorcing, and uh, I mentioned the movie A Song for the Season. It's a romantic movie, a Christmas movie, uh, and then I also mentioned another movie. The movie, ladies and gentlemen, that I'm talking about is called Fireproof. 2008, to save his marriage, a firefighter uses a 40-day experiment known as the Love Dare to save his marriage. And uh, so I would kind of encourage Bill and Melinda Gates to watch Fireproof. And, uh, you know, you got to remember the reason you fell in love in the first place. You know what? Life gets hard. And sometimes it's the person. Sometimes it's circumstances. Sometimes it's bad health or uh, you know, you just get off on the wrong trajectory or whatever else. But I think fireproof is a, a very brilliant way to kind of highlight uh, what it takes to come back. It takes a little bit of humility. takes a little bit of prayer. takes advice from loved ones and good people around you to encourage you to do what's right, to keep your commitments, to work on it. And, to, and you know what? You can get a new view. And so I don't mean to criticize Bill and Melinda. I do mean before the divorce is final or whatever else, though. And I know, you know, maybe they're listening. Maybe they're not. Maybe. But, hey. There's hope there. And unless there's serious abuse or something like that, I really am telling you that it's much better. It's much better to work on your relationships, not thinking the grass is greener, but putting in the hard work that it takes. You know, it's like exercising a muscle or, you know, anything else. You've got to put in the time. And when you do wonderful things, uh, happened. Do you have any other advice on this one, Kurt? Well, you know, I mean, you've got a lot of experience uh, being married. Um, we're working on yeah, our you got more than I've got, year, but we both have quite know, a bit, a, you know. Just a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, I, I was thinking about a couple of signs or, you know, I don't know if you call them signs that they put up around here, but little, little, um, it's not like a knickknack, but it's decorations around the house here at the, here where we live. And one of them says, uh, all because two people fell in love. And I was always thinking that they should put like a little sub thing that says something like, and worked hard every day to keep that love alive, you know. Because that to me is, uh, you know, what it takes. And, and I'm sure... I don't know everything about the Bill and Melinda Gates thing, but when there's $146 billion at stake, you know, the sad thing is, you know, it, it reminds you of that Bezos, you know, breakup, I guess you'd call it that, a little while back. Um, you know, a similar amount of money, and you just, you know, you're going to get focused on the wrong things, I think, and uh, 
the most valuable thing that you've got should be um, the relationship with the one you've chosen to uh, be together forever. And um, so if you work hard at that, and, uh, you know, one other sign we got, I was going to get to that. I know I probably went off on the, you know, lost the track there. But the other one is, it really is a wonderful life. And hold that, on, we didn't, hold on know, a minute. We didn't lose track at all, Kurt. Well, I know, but I'm, We're on I, track, went, buddy. I, went, I went a little ways off there. But um, it really is a wonderful life, you know, because I've always enjoyed the movie Wonderful Life. Uh, my wife enjoys it a little less because he gets upset because Mr. Potter doesn't really get his just desserts, if you will, you know. Um, but uh, to They're me... They're left to um, heaven. He gets them. To make no mistake, right. my friend. That's exactly right. Um, but um, to me, the cool thing is if you look for the good uh, like they do in in the movie A Wonderful Life, you know, even though it's an old drafty old house, you know, it's it's nice and his wife's there and the kids are there and, you know, I mean, uh, sure they don't It's called have It's a Wonderful Life though, right? Yeah, or, yeah, I think that's right. But um, It's a 1946 uh, my, the American... Or the, uh, yeah, good. It's a great one. Uh, our, the, the sign the kids gave us says... It really is a wonderful life. So it kind of takes off on that um, movie theme, you know. And even yeah. though we don't have $146 billion that we're uh, trying to, you know, deal with, we, we got $146, you know. And still, we, I think you could find somebody with 146 pennies that might be happier than Bill and Melinda Gates. So uh, that does show you that... Um, Money doesn't buy happiness, right, Sam? Yeah, you know what Kurt's favorite part of It's a Wonderful Life is? Mm, what, Sam? Mary, Mary and, and uh, George, that's his name, right? Right. Mary and George are out there, and he's like, they're looking at that old house before they you know, buy it or whatever, before they're married or whatever, and he says, I want to rope the moon for you, Mary. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah Kurt likes that good. George Lasso's moon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mary even makes a little picture up of it. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Love story um, of, is uh, what we're all about. You know, whether it's uh, one of my like favorite year old parts guy of, that goes and fixes his wife's hair. You know, right, Sam? Yeah, or any of these. You know, one of my favorite parts about uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" is where the good guys reject the money changers and the people that are just out for like naked capitalism and whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, communities brought together and uh, right. family is brought back together. And, you know, you think about every one of our lives, Kurt, and if we weren't here, things would be drastically different. Clarence shows that in riveting detail in the movie. Uh, and, you know, I, I really like, you know, that kind of a idea about, you know, who we are and what we contribute and, that God is the only one, the inference in the movie, in, in my view, and again, I know it's subject to interpretation or whatever, but for me, the movie's about, you know, God sees it all and we don't. And sometimes we get short-sighted, and this happens a lot in marriage is why I'm spending time on this, where you get short-sighted and kind of think, you know what, it's all a waste, it's all bogus, I've, it, you know what, I've wasted 27 years of my life, if you're Bill or Melinda or whatever, and, and you know what, I, I'm, and you think short-sighted like George did, and and then you get brought back to kind of a greater, bigger picture. And of course, only God really sees the big picture. But he can give us a glimpse 
He can give us a glimpse of that from time to time. Uh, And sometimes he might use an angel to do it. This is great narrative for the story. Um, You know, but, uh, you know, the Lord gives us glimpses of that if we're willing to kind of see, have eyes to see and ears to hear uh, a little bit. And And I think that, you know, that really matters. And so I think that the big picture really matters. It's a Wonderful Life highlights the big picture. Uh, I think Song of the Season highlights the big picture about what's important. So headline says, Sam starts promoting movies. Are you kidding me? And then I, in the show notes, put the two movies. And then Kurt likes It's a Wonderful Life uh, in the show notes uh, as well. So there's there's a lot to love there. I hear that uh, Donald Trump is still working on his media campaign, Kurt. And um, he was on with Dan Bangino uh, for an interview, wide-ranging interview, talking about how Biden and crew were going to raise taxes, talking about the election fraud that took place, talking about his possible run in 2024. Um, They covered a lot of things. So in my mind, that's uh, pretty impressive there. But Ben Swan and uh, Del Bigtree, Kurt, have an update on their media efforts as well that I thought was worth kind of talking about. Um, it's from a Ben Swan truth in media is where it comes from. And it basically says, Hey, or he says this, hi, everyone. We have had an incredible last few months since the closing of our refunder. The crowdfund is what it's called. I want to give you an idea what's currently happening with the project says Ben in light of what's happened over the past few months with the deep platforming of platforms such as parlor we have now put our efforts towards building a censorship proof platform that cannot be removed by big tech collusion no matter what now i'm pretty skeptical about that but i'm open to guys like ben because they're pretty resourceful so i hope they're correct on this my it savvy says "Mm, it's gonna be really hard to do but you know what let's let's give them a chance They say we've been working with experts to not only design that system, but to recruit recruit some of the most censored content creators as well. Presently, we are looking at a launch date of September for this fully secured site. We'll continue to update you on our progress as we move closer to the the official launch of the platform. It will be a game-changing event. Thank you so much for all that you do, uh, Ben Swan and crew. There it is, Kurt. Just thought I'd update uh, on that because we've mentioned uh, the last couple times you've been on the radio with us uh, about uh, the efforts of Ben Swan and Del Bigtree, about the efforts of uh, Dennis Prager, about the efforts of uh, Donald Trump, uh, the efforts of Mike Lindell, the uh, My Pillow guy, and more. So we'll talk about it. Sam and Kurt in seconds. Liberty Roundtable Live. so busy with the board meeting to spend more time together as a family do more out of the house activities this is a tough one my parents they do everything they love me if it wasn't for them i wouldn't have a roof over my head they don't need to show it to me that i just know they love me well not yelling at me very much what do you wish what do you wish 
raise my allowance. To not argue together. Um, have my dad be home more for dinner and stuff so that it could be even closer. Family, isn't it about time? Buy me an ice cream and kiss me to love me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, what's the next question? As you all know, Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So I just wanted to give you an update on what Ben Swan and those guys were doing. Again, we're hearing updates from Donald Trump, Mike Lindell, <clears throat> Del Bigtree, and Ben Swan. And, uh, you know, Kurt and I have been working on media for quite some time, too. We all have different approaches, Kurt, and I think there's a place for all of us in this. Uh, and it's critical that we work on it together. Anyway, Ben says, thanks for your support as we continue to break ground. Uh, move forward and break new ground. Anyway, pretty nifty, Kurt. Uh, any comments yeah, on that? I couldn't agree more. I guess my main uh, thought uh, is, like you've always taught us, Sam, um, you know, he who owns the media makes the rules. Um, I remember uh, thinking years ago when we uh, we were listening to some, I can't remember exactly the signal, but, I mean, we were like, man, that's 50,000 watts and... and uh, all the guy has is like you know some tunes on it no commercials nothing you know it's we thought man it's just like his uh his jukebox that he owns and we thought man we could really use that for better purposes but when people own it you know they can put what they want on it and that's how that works uh ladies and gentlemen um and you know just to um uh, go along with your Mike Lindell thing, a little update on him. Looks like the Washington Examiner headline says, Mike Lindell forecasts election fraud game changer in Michigan. Daniel Chatlin, or Chait, excuse me, Chaitin, as the deputy news editor there, he says uh, he predicted a game changer development will soon emerge in Michigan. That's what uh, my pillow CEO says, where a lawsuit focused on the 2020 election is still playing out. 
the controversial mustachioed, that's kind of a cool name if you could spell it, I mean a word, a businessman whose election fraud documentary was panned by critics. I thought it was great, by the way. I didn't pan it. Uh, as being rife with well, falsehoods. Well, it depends on what reference point you come from, Kurt. That's exactly right. right. Uh, if you love Joe says, being in uh, office and you love vote fraud and you love shutting down Trump because <laughs> you hate him, then, yeah. you know, that's your narrative, buddy, and that you know that's how it is. And he so you says, don't really like uh, Mike Lindell's fact-finding mission, do you? Good point. Uh, he said there will be a filing in court that will be very embarrassing for Newsmax, a conservative news outlet that apologized last week to an employee at Dominion Voting Systems for vote manipulation claims. He said uh, uh, this is what uh, Lindell told former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon on his War Room podcast. He says, I'll have... Really big news once this day is completed. Uh, it's a game changer, and it's really going to make Newsmax look bad. Uh, I guess he appears to be, be very referring... Clear. Mm -hmm. Not look bad for their original reporting. Look bad for their uh, wimpy meltdown back away, is mm -hmm. what he's saying, right? Well, and, and it goes to this whole point of uh, what usually happens with the media when somebody gets threatened with these massive lawsuits, you know, their attorneys, if there's, you know, uh, anybody really there on the board, they say, man, we better step away from this. Uh, and yet Mike Lindell's got a whole lot to lose and you don't see him <laughs> shrinking back. He just going at him with bull, bull, all the guns blazing. Looks like, uh, I guess he appeared. They say the Washington examiner piece says, Lindell appeared to be referring to a lawsuit in Antrim County, Michigan, that has expanded from a legal challenge over a local marijuana retailer proposal to claims that Dominion machines and software might have intentionally manipulated the election results up and down the ballot. Uh, a judge recently allowed there to be testimony from people on an expert witness list provided by the plaintiffs to rebut a report published by Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson's office affirming that human error, not Dominion Voting Systems machine software, led to early tabulation errors in Antrim County. Among those on the expert list, expert witness list is Cyber Ninjas, a member of the same guys that are working down in Arizona, a Florida-based firm hired by the Republican-led Senate in Arizona to conduct this audit that they're doing down there right now. So a little bit more uh, of that going on. And, uh, you know, you're not going to hear, hear about it in most places because, uh, well, the big media gets threatened by uh, Dominion uh, with lawsuits, right, Sam? Yeah, and I think Mike Lindell standing up, in my opinion, on this one, taller than anybody so far. Time will tell how it unfolds. You know, I think if we're going to have truth, then Mike Lindell will be vindicated. Um, Newsmax will be, you know, praised for their early reporting, but condemned for their meltdown back away. Um, but I also think that for Newsmax and others, you know, these Dominion people have been going on the Sue Happy, uh, you know, trailblazing effort. But I think someone needs to sue them back. You know what? And as, as this information starts to come out more and more and more and more, I think there'll be evidence for lawsuits. And let me give you a couple of examples to highlight the point, Kurt. You can email me that headline so I can get that one and add it to the notes, too, because that's a great one for people to kind of share and read and promote and 
all that kind of stuff. Um, but right. what I'm about to say is that, you know, you look at a, the scenario where they claim that, hey, you know, I had a bunch of Trump supporters in their insurrectionist agenda January the 6th beat a man, a cop, to death with a fire extinguisher. That mm. was news on all the mainstream. It was also used in the impeachment trial against Donald Trump. Turned out mm-hmm. to be flat out false, bogus news. Mm-hmm. The coroner came back and said, look, the guy died of natural causes. Uh, there was no beating that took place. There was no marks on his body. There's no evidence of that whatsoever, period, end of story. And the liberals have had to eat a little bit of crow on that. But, of course, since they control the news rags, then yeah. they you know, get to kind of spin it like, oh, huh, we missed that. But no big, no harm, no foul on that one. No, 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 wait a minute. You peddle it in the news. Uh, you furthermore use that then as the insurrection rhetoric, the dishonest lies, ratcheted it up around Trump and his supporters. And then you used it in a literal impeachment proceeding, equivalent to a jury trial. Okay? Uh, even maybe more important, you could say, than a jury trial. Uh, and I look at that and I go, okay, wait a minute. Now, that was also used there. So where's the accountability? And I think as we find out more and more and more vote fraud, Arizona's starting to prove more of it, and we're, we're seeing this. And I've always said, look, I agree the vote fraud's real. Whether they'll let us get to the bottom of it or not, I don't know. But I will say this, the more people that work on it and the more we do not give up that we have backbone to stand like a Mike Lindell and others are doing, these um, cyber ninja guys and stuff like that, the greater chance I believe that we will be successful and the greater hope I have that we can uh, create accountability here. It's not that I don't believe that the truth is there. I know it's there. And it's not that I don't believe that we can't mandate accountability. It's that I didn't know if enough people would stand up. And Kurtz had a lot of faith in that, and I commend him for that. But I, I say this, if Mike Lindell and if others keep on this beating on the turret, the truth does come out, and we will, in my opinion, have success. So that's really worthy of, of kind of highlighting. I agree. And uh, just a little bit more on the uh, Washington Examiner piece that we're talking about. Uh, uh, Right down at the end, (laughs) it uh, has this thing where they say, well, this is what's all happened. And, uh, you know, and then the last little sentence says, still, Lindell has insisted Trump will be back in office by August. So Mike Lindell, man, I mean, former crack addict uh, turned CEO, and, man, he's going up. I mean, if you're ever seeing a David against Goliath, uh, that's, that's it, man. Uh, he's, he's yeah, at, and we want to be careful, working. too. It's important to highlight that he, you know, was, he came from rags to riches, if you will, that he was, yeah. you know. But I don't want to focus on that too much because I don't want that to follow him forever. He's a changed man, no. and, and at some point we want to drop But it's amazing a, a to see what people can do. Um, and, and in a related story, in my opinion, the examiner's got this as well. It says, Dominion accuses Powell of lying for financial gain and fame. I guess uh, they accused her of that. Um, and uh, this is after Sidney Powell has requested to dismiss the $1.3 billion lawsuit the Dominion has filed against her in January. And uh, so, uh, you know, all I can say is <laughs> if you've watched Sidney Powell for years, you know, she doesn't really do much stuff for big bucks, you know, um, and but they're uh, that's what they're saying, you know. Well, let's um, say this, though. The story of Sidney Powell is very nuanced. The mainstream press mm-hmm. completely dishonest in their reporting, manipulating the facts on Sidney Powell. 
For example, the reason that she wants the case dismissed is because the claims that she's making have legal merit. But if you take them out of legal merit context and only promote highlights that she's asking for it to be dismissed or whatever, and that she's making this that claim, you lose the legal nuance of what's really mm-hmm. happening. And, and that's a critical component of this to understand, uh, in, in my opinion. So Sydney's saying, hey, you can debate whether you think these claims that I've made are right or wrong, but I made them legitimately and legally made these claims. And so, you know what, whether they're factual or not in your view, I want them dismissed uh, because I have every right as an attorney with the evidence that I have, the affidavits to this and this, to make these kind of claims. And even if you guys rule that they're not factual, that doesn't mean that they were frivolous. So, you know, you got to get into legalese to understand that a little bit, that, A, can an attorney? Otherwise, you create a chilling effect across the country about you might as well not file any lawsuit if they won't let an attorney lay down facts, even if they get ruled against. There's still facts in the case. There's still true affidavits. There's still stellar research. It's still all, okay, and if you jettison that standard, this is what, uh, in my opinion, Sidney Powell is fighting for right now. If you jettison that standard, we don't have a prayer in any court in the land ever. All you got to do is say our facts aren't facts and we're done. And she's saying, no, I'm a legitimate attorney. I've submitted legitimate legal information. And you know what? They claim that, my, that I'm just uh, attacking for fame and gain. Not true. These are legal facts I've submitted. That's what's at the core of this case, Kurt. But if you believe the mainstream manipulators, they're like, oh, Sydney's backing down now because she got her clock cleaned and it's not true. And she had a bunch of facts that were bogus because she's trying to make a bunch of money and get famous. That's not the discussion at all if you dig into the legalities and the details of this case. And it's important to highlight that difference and that truth, in my opinion, Kurt. Mm-hmm. Good point, Sam. Yep. All right. I, I was gonna and I was gonna mention know, that Kurt to, Cosby's working on buying some radio stations and stuff like that. I think what we'll have to do is save that till Thursday though, Kurt. Very Kurt good. This um, Thursday and we can talk more about that too. We're working on that and um, you know, I mean, if you really wanna know, ladies and gentlemen, there's ways you can help from, you know, being the widow's mite kind of person where you do do what you can, uh, to you know, our buddy who says, hey, man, I got a million and a half. I'm ready to buy some radio stations, you know. I mean, we're up for it. Whatever we can do to help, you know, we're there, right, Sam? Absolutely. The question left when I say Kurt is working on pr- trying to purchase some radio stations, the question left is, can you help, right? Amen to that. And isn't that mm-hmm. the... Uh, Next question, we're looking for angel investors as Chuck Harder. Mm -hmm. Angel investors, as Chuck Harder used to call them, to good Americans that could just tip in a little bit. A lot of, you know, heavy work to be made light by lots of hands, right? Amen. So the question is, can you help? And the answer is, I think you can if you make it a priority, huh? All right. Hour one in the can. Two coming up. I've got Patrick Simmons with me. Thanks, Kurt. We'll talk to you Thursday, sir. Thank you. God save the Republic. Broadcasting live. 
From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast from May 4th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net, the two websites to promote. Donate liberally, would you please? Every penny will be used to grow our presence in the media as we tell the tale of liberty. Now our guest, Patrick Simmons. And Patrick Simmons is with the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Find out if you live in a right-to-work state, ladies and gentlemen, today, righttowork.org, to learn more about that. Um, you know what, folks? Do you live in a right-to-work state? you got to ask yourself that. Right now, 27 states protect workers' freedom. That's good news. Welcome, Patrick. Good morning, Sam. Great to be with you again. Oh, there's so much to talk about. There's so little time, my friend. Headline, union officials plead guilty to violent extortion. A guy by the name of Williamson and another guy named Veach both pleaded guilty for conspiracy to commit Hobbs Act extortion. A former union official by the name of Thomas Williamson uh, Sr., was sentenced to four years in prison for beating and extorting non-union workers. That's according to a Department of Justice press release. Williamson initially tried to uh, verbally intimidate the workers at the construction site. Then he went to the church that was at, uh, in the question, and he tried to uh, get them to agree to help You know, the union get the project, but no. Unsuccessful Williamson returned to the site a day later with his union 495 buddy, Jeffrey Veach. And then they supervised union members as they beat the non-union workers, ladies and gentlemen. This is insanity news in our modern times, and nobody's heard about it. Patrick? Yeah, this is an interesting uh, story, and unfortunately, it's uh, it's a glimpse into the uh, you know go-to tactics that we see by so many unions, and they think that these jobs belong to them, not to the the workers who freely choose to take them. And they say if if you're hiring workers who aren't paying us money, um, that's uh, according to union bosses like this, that's wrong, and um, they will go to very extreme ends to to try and enforce their uh, they're, they're, you know, uh, fiefdom there. Um, in this case, the, these, uh, a number of workers are getting beat up. Uh, these two union officials initially raised, and, and we've talked about this before, they raised the fact that under federal law, uh, a lot of union violence is actually exempt um, from uh, federal racketeering and extortion. Um, in this case, the judge, the, the issue was the judge said, well, because this was a non, you know, basically these, these workers, they weren't entitled to this job. If this was a union job already, and they had, you know, con- uh, conducted violence in, in as part of maybe seeking a union contract, that might have been okay. But this type of extortion uh, didn't fall under that loophole. 
but the whole the whole situation is um, just another demonstration that you know union bosses, of course, they claim to speak for workers and 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 uh, and be about what's best for workers, but um, you know this is a, a, a an organization and and uh, you know that their their move is um, give us what we want or else. Um, and for a lot of workers in non-right-to-work states, the or else is we'll have you fired. Uh, but sometimes it's uh, we're going to send you to the hospital. Uh, sometimes it's um, you know something's going to happen to uh, to your pet uh, overnight, or you know there's going to be uh, your your tires suddenly you're going to get a lot of flat tires all of a sudden. And um, unfortunately, this is just uh, one of the latest examples of those thuggish tactics that uh, that union bosses turn to so often when they they don't get what they want. And I bring this up because we talk about this on the radio a lot, and I mentioned the threats, the intimidation and abuses, and, you know, Patrick has documented that it is reality. This is the kind of the go-to first move, the, the mode of operandus for these people, uh, the lead unions and stuff like that, and how government has really been in their back pocket to give them, quote, special protections and privileges and authority uh, to behave in such violent, abusive, hostile um, manner. Uh, but I think a lot of our listeners might think, oh, Sam, come on. I know you're kind of overstating the issue. They don't really beat people up and really get that crazy, do they? And the answer is yes, they do. That's exactly the point. Um, they do. Union officials plead guilty to violent extortion. And that's why we have this whole, uh, what's this act called or whatever? Uh Hobbs Act extortion. Yeah. That's well, why this whole Hobbs, Hobbs Act, Act yeah. exists, mm-hmm. right? Tell us a little bit about the Hobbs Act. I think it's, it's important to. to kind of understand. Sure. Well, the the Hobbs Act is just the the federal statute that deals with extortion and violence, um, and it uh, applies to everyone except, in some instances, union officials. Um, and this is comes out of a, a, a 1970s Supreme Court decision called Enmans. And the U.S. Supreme Court said that although normally if you extort someone and say, you know, pay us money or we're going to, uh, you know, damage your property. And, you know, we, we've been we've been, uh, you know, I think that the the Edmonds case, actually what happened there was union uh, thugs were taking a high powered rifle and shooting out transformers outside of uh, manufacturing plants. And they were doing this uh, all across um, in multiple instances. Um, in multiple states, and finally they got prosecuted and said, "This is extortionate violence. You're demanding a contract, and you're you're blowing up, uh, you know, uh, transformers. That's uh, in order to stop these places from getting um, electricity." And uh, went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, "Well, the National Labor Relations Act is uh, what applies to uh, what these workers are doing." And they were seeking legitimate, um, I think it's the phrase is legitimate union uh, objectives because they were seeking this union contract. And so it doesn't matter what tactics they use. It doesn't matter that they were literally taking a, a high-powered rifle and shooting out um, electrical wires. Uh, it doesn't matter in some instances if it's actual, um, you know, a human getting sent to the hospital, uh, maybe, you know, to the morgue, uh, that it can be uh, not the, the Hobbs Act cannot apply in some of those instances if the union is after something that they could otherwise get legally. Now, that seems like a pretty crazy standard. I could legally make a million dollars. It doesn't make it uh, somehow not extortion if I uh, go to someone and say, I'm going to beat you up if you don't give me that money. But um, under the uh, twisted um, 
labor laws in this country. That is unfortunately how it often works. Um, and then you end up on these small technicalities, like in this case was the uh, the school that was part of this church, um, it was, it, you know, if it had been union already, would this violence have been part of a legitimate union objective? Maybe, but because these were non-union workers um, in uh, Indiana, a, a right to work state, by the way, um, who were not paying dues to the union, didn't join the union. Um, then when the uh, these two union uh, thugs, um, union officials came in and declared it their territory, um, the judge said that the uh, Edmonds exemption to the Hobbs Act didn't apply, but they raised it um, in their in their case. And it's, um, it's just another example of why uh, there, there is a bill, by the way, um, that uh, I think it will probably be introduced around Labor Day. Generally, that's when it's uh, introduced in Congress uh, to close that loophole. But um, it's, it's really badly needed because, unfortunately, uh, the Supreme Court created this and it's, um, it's something that uh, Congress needs to fix. It's also something that we, the people, need to be aware of because I think education matters about this. You know, when people are kind of up in arms saying, you know what, we got to have a right to work state. Rand Paul, other senators and Congress members, let's work on this. You know what, right to work is critical. We can't have unions forcing uh, their agenda by violence. Okay, that's what the Hobbes Act was designed to prevent uh, partially. But the unions still get too wide of a berth on this. And we, the people, need to be aware and, and, and shut that down. You know, if enough workers had stood up a little bit earlier, maybe to these union officials and they had made it more public that, hey, we're getting intimidated here, um, then it might have not gone to that level or that extreme because they, the unions are smart and they know they don't want coverage for this. And if we give coverage, I remember um, years ago, I saw a union demonstration taking place and I walked over to the union official with a tape recorder in hand and said, hey, man, I'm a news reporter and I want to get kind of what's going on here. What are you guys doing? Who's doing what? And and, I, you know, I think that kind of um, transparency and that kind of shining the light makes a big difference in how they'll behave. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I think, um, you know, on one hand, the public at large uh, probably, you know, doesn't they, they, a lot of people think that this type of stuff is a, a thing of the past. This is, you know, Jimmy Hoffa and the Teamsters in the 60s and 70s and um and mobbed up unions, but this stuff takes place uh, all the time. And it's, um, you know, it, it doesn't get the attention it deserves. Um, you know, this, uh, this just happened the other day. And a lot of people, um, I mean, well, the, this act happened, uh, in 1960 or in 2016, but, um, you know, this was just yesterday that this, uh, the sentence came down and, um, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it's not front page news. I mean, there's, there have been other instances. There was a, um, a Quaker meeting house burnt down in Pennsylvania recently that was part of a union dispute, and I think the unions are being prosecuted there. Um, we've seen uh, Teamsters uh, guys getting uh, off on the Edmonds uh, Hobbs Act exemption up in Boston. They, uh, they shot the TV show Top Chef up there, um, and they threatened them. And uh, they said, we're going to punch that pretty little face in. And then ultimately they got off because they said, oh, well, that was a legitimate union objective they were seeking. Um, and so the Freedom of Union Violence Act is really needed to close that loophole. we got to expose it, ladies and gentlemen, and create accountability. That's where it starts by we the people demanding accountability. RightToWork.org. Patrick Simmons on your radio. Continuing in seconds. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads. A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Simmons, RightToWork.org on your radio with me. 27 states have right to work. We need to make it national. Rand Paul working on it. We're trying to help at Liberty Roundtable Live as well. There's so much to cover. The uh, unions are out of control, folks, and if you think that's years gone by and it's not happening, it's happening right now. Union officials plead guilty to violent extortion just recently here this is new right now we got to be aware we got to create transparency um i don't know how you say this lady's name is it raggy raggy dunn raggy raggy dunn i'm not sure was interviewed on fox 26 houston can employer employers require vaccinations uh this kind of relates to because it's going to come down to can the union mandate vaccinations right yeah, certainly. We, I think we might see that. I mean, it's uh, it's an interesting situation. You've got on one hand, um, you know, uh, they're they're trying to mandate it, and then you see, for example, public schools. I mean, all across the country, teachers' unions saying, you know, not until every kid is vaccinated um, are we going to go in. And it's a it's a real power grab um, by union officials that have have tried to to use COVID to get other things that are completely unrelated to to, to COVID, but to use it as a as a tool. Um, to grab more power. The game being played right now, Patrick, I find this interesting, is the government says, no, we don't, we can't, and we won't mandate vaccines. However, they're uh, really putting pressure behind the scenes on big business to mandate. And if you get, you know, five or ten big businesses in the modern day to mandate vaccines, uh, it's going to force a sea change across the country, and they're going to say, 
well, government didn't do it. Private sector didn't. Private sectors, well, they're going to get, you know, who knows what behind the scenes and, and, and how all that's going to pan out, we don't know. But um, it's kind of a fascist play, if you will. The reason that I bring this up is because they can lean on the unions too. And if they lean on the union choke point, that really puts a, a significant number of government officials, a significant number of educational officials, and then a certain number of big business battles all under one, quote, unionized rollout behind the scenes partnership push. Am I crazy on this? No, I think that's, um, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a kind of the natural progression of the one size fits all monopoly unionism that is, um, unfortunately, the cornerstone of, of how, you know, federal labor law and, and union uh, laws work in this country. Um, you know, the, the whole, even in right to work states and even in the public sector where you can't have forced dues, um, the union is given the power to enter into a binding contract on every single worker, uh, not just union members, uh, so not voluntary union members, um, but people who want nothing to do with it. And, uh, you know, you see it can be about work rules. It's about who gets promoted and fired. Um, but it could also be about things like, uh, you know, what shops you have to have um, to be in the office. And, uh, you know, like I, I was we were talking there, I briefly mentioned the teachers unions doing this. Um, but, you know, that may be just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to, um, you know, you got unions who are so dependent on the government for their power. That's where they get this monopoly to begin with. It's the government enforced monopoly um, over workers um, and over businesses. Um, you know, of course, in the non right to work states, it's a government granted power that lets them tell every single worker pay up or be fired. Um, and so when they're that dependent on the government for power, they're also kind of at the whim of the government, you know, and if the, if the government says you better push um, this vaccine or whatever policy um, on, on all your people, uh, it's not going to be about what individual workers want. It's going to be about what the government wants, because that's the source of union bosses power to begin with. You better keep an eye because I'm predicting, write it down. Remember who warned you first that I'm predicting the unions will be used in partnership with big business. Uh, the government will try to claim they don't have their hands dirty in this, but it'll be a trifecta to say the least. And behind the scenes, they will put pressure on and start to work on more mandating of vaccines to the airlines, to the train, you know, transportation uh, sector, through the teachers union sector, through big business sector, etc. cetera. Uh, and I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a very difficult battle for us to fight and hopefully people like right to work.org and others can dig into this and get some facts on you know the behind the scenes details sometimes it takes court cases to get out the uh hidden details of this they don't do it publicly and transparently they usually do it kind of by hook or by crook and sometimes it takes court cases to get the facts uh, on the table uh etc so that's something worth keeping an eye on alabama amazon workers Vote overwhelmingly against a union and shut it down. Patrick? Yeah, this is, um, you know, a really interesting case. I mean, this was uh, this a big vote there. Um, thousands of workers eligible to vote. Um, ultimately, I think it was around 12% of all the workers um, voted for the union. Uh, they lost by over two to one margin. Um, and you had Bernie Sanders on the ground talking about it. You had Joe Biden making comments from the White House, um, weighing in on the union side. 
And despite all that, um, these workers just wanted nothing to do with the union. They looked at their jobs. They looked at their other options. They saw that, um, you know, in their community, uh, Amazon jobs were sought after. They were, they, you know, uh, largely were happy with them. Um, and they said, why do we want to bring in an outside union that is more interested in, in what's going on in Washington, D.C. Um, than what's happening in Bessemer, Alabama? And uh, they, they sent them packing. Now, um, there's actually going to be a hearing this week. The union is uh, seeking to overturn the vote. Um, that's uh, unfortunately uh, not that uncommon. Um, it's it's really um, fairly ironic. There, there are two main complaints. One, they were complaining they, they were they didn't like the fact that too many workers were eligible to vote. There were a lot of seasonal employees there and they were able to vote as well. Um, so too many people voted is one of the union complaints. Um, but then uh, one of the reasons they're specifically seeking to overturn the vote is that there was a mailbox placed right outside the plant so that workers could easily cast their votes in the mail. Um, these, these types of elections used to be done in person, but now a lot of them are done with mail-in uh, ballots because um, of COVID. And the union didn't like the fact that the uh, mailbox was put right outside the plant, and they, they felt that made it too easy um, for workers to vote. And so it's, um, it's really a, uh, a pretty, you know, a cynical uh, position that the union's taking here. Um, but, but ultimately, I think the, these workers spoke quite loudly they didn't want um, this union. They didn't want this outside union in their workplace. And, uh, you know, I think some of them said, look, the job's not perfect, um, but we think we're better off without them. And, and fundamentally, that's a, a decision that uh, if the union were actually about workers, they would respect. But they're instead um, at the National Labor Relations Board this week uh, in their efforts to overturn the vote. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But um Definitely uh, a big, high-profile uh, loss for organized labor. Um, they had every single politician uh, they wanted, some celebrities um, down there, and uh, these workers just ultimately said, "No, you, you know, you, you want to make this into some big uh, display for, you know, pushing your your agenda in Washington D.C., but this is not what's best for us." The interesting thing about this is it it was a resounding rejection. Uh, with all the stops pulled out by the unions, uh, I think that basically people got transparent information. And I really believe that the key to this exercise is when people get the real information, then they d- reject unions more than not by far. Uh, because these unions are not voluntary join or leave unions. They're mandated forced unions. Uh, and I expect the this, we haven't, you know, the, the fat lady hasn't sung on this one yet. <laughs> I think what we're going to see, though, is the union try to come back in some way to still force their attendance, don't you think? They're not going to give up that easy, even though it was a a beating almost, pardon mm-hmm. the term, uh, but it, you know, it was resounding. Yeah. But I don't think we've seen the end of it, is what I'm saying, Patrick. What do you think? No, I, I absolutely agree. This is the, this is the first step. Um, Amazon has become, you know, uh, one of the, I think, the, the second largest employer in the country, only behind Walmart. Um, Unions are not going to uh, to give up that uh, that dream of uh, you know those millions of workers um, and and trying to get them and and they thought this was just step one um, you know whether it's back at this plant again or or other facilities um, they definitely see uh, unionizing Amazon as one of their long term uh, objectives um, and that's also why they're pushing the Pro Act in Congress because uh, this is a bill that would 
um, shut down uh, workers' ability to get more information um, and hear both sides. It would let the union skip the secret ballot vote and uh, and install um, their their power over every worker through card check, where they go around one, two, three at a time, pressure someone to sign a card, and then be able to use that card as a vote. Um, so, you know, whether it's uh, twisting the law um, and making it more in their favor or, or just... Um, you know, being relentless and, and seeking to overturn losses and until they get the, the vote they want. Um, this is, yeah, this is just the tip. You have a couple extra quick really minutes, Patrick? Sure, sure. All right, stay there. I, I want to, what other cases and issues do we need to know about from Patrick Simmons? We'll find out in seconds on your radio, right to work.org. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. An overpass carrying a subway train collapsed in Mexico City late Monday night, killing dozens of people, including children. According to local government officials, scores of people have been hospitalized, seven of whom are in serious condition. The train was traveling on an elevated part of the city's rapid transit system when part of the overpass collapsed onto traffic below. Sparking inflation concerns, the Treasury Department says it's expected to borrow $463 billion in the current April to June quarter and $2.28 trillion for the full budget year as the government finances continued pandemic relief measures. The Treasury on Monday projected a borrowing need of $821 billion for the July through September quarter. The massive core of a Chinese rocket used last week is falling out of orbit, and where it lands is anybody's guess. The 100-foot-long object, weighing about 21 metric tons, will re-enter Earth within weeks, and it will probably crash somewhere. USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Alarude, and I'm in the best shape of my life. I love working out hard every day, but I turned 60 this year, and working out can cause some serious aches and pains. I was commiserating with my buddy Jay Schrader, the Super Bowl champion and former Raiders quarterback, about the challenges of staying in great shape for anyone over age 50. Jay said I had to try SonsOfLibertyCBD.com, and it would heal my body, mind, and soul. He was right. No more aches and pains. I feel like a million bucks. Finding quality CBD, not easy. But Sons of Liberty CBD, highest quality CBD I've ever seen. CBD is not pot. It won't get you high. It's 100% legal. It's 100% American made. CBD is mainstream and it works. For my listeners, SonsofLibertyCBD.com is offering a discount of 15% off every product if you use the code WAR15 at checkout. Even better, you can combine this discount with your subscription discount for 25% off. Please support veteran-owned, service-disabled, small business, Sons of Liberty, CBD.com. Just say War 15 to get 25% off. With a vaccine update, Dan Naraki reports. The latest data from the CDC shows that 44% of Americans have received at least one dose of COVID vaccine, with nearly 32% of all adults fully vaccinated. Health experts have said that number would need to be between 70 and 80% for the nation to reach a herd immunity against the virus. But it may not be necessary to reach that level to be able to return to pre-pandemic life. Dr. Ashish Jha says that he believes we can reach herd immunity, but the dean of the Brown University School of Public Health tells CNBC that current efforts should still be able to drive infections down to a manageable level. First, I do think that we can get there. Again, we just got to keep vaccinating, and I know that a lot of people are unsure, but if we get people off the fence and get vaccinated, I think we can get there. Second is... We don't have to get to herd immunity to get much of our lives back. Even if we get into the 60s and 70s in terms of vaccinations, I think it's going to make a massive difference. Infection numbers, we're going to plummet maybe even earlier than that. 
So be great to get to herd immunity, but I'm okay if we don't. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Patrick Simmons with us, RightToWork.org, doing a phenomenal job. We've covered the Alabama case, rejecting unions outright, the abusive case where unions are beating people up. One guy had his jaw uh, really smashed up and beat up, but it's all codified by government. On one hand, government backs the um, extreme violence uh, and giving the union special privilege. On the other hand, there's laws against such violence. Uh, And the bottom line is these um, violent thug unionists went to jail appropriately so i might add and we've got to stop the violence the best way is to shine the light of transparency on it the best way is to back people uh who are working on right to work right to work.org in 27 states you have a right to work now in other states you don't uh but the unions are getting very bold and i believe the unions will be used as a linchpin to try to force vaccines on us all beware write it down remember who warned you first um i'm for unions if they're a free choice meaning you can leave and join and if they're doing a good job for you, great. I understand the employer needs representation. I understand sometimes that, you know what, it's it's not uh, a fair fight when the boss has holds all the cards. I get it, okay? So I, I, I don't have a problem with that. My problem is the force issue. My problem is the back by government issue where you got unions and big business and government all together in a trifecta against you, the lowly worker. And all the while, smiling in your face, acting like they're they're just after your best interest. When the facts are contrary, to say the least. Uh, the lobbying by unions is out of control on certain sides of the political discussions uh, and more. Uh, so that's kind of the, the summary there. Um, I wanted to ask Patrick really quick if there's any other quick cases that he wanted to mention that they're working on. But first, a caller jumped in from Utah. Chris, you got a question for Patrick? Uh, yes, sir, Sam. I would like to know what that relationship is that the unions have with the government that allows them to benefit from the monopoly of force that government offers, because I've never had it articulated to me. Or could you refer me to a website, to your website perhaps, to learn more about that? Sure. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's what, what's called, uh, and this comes out of uh, the National Labor Relations Act, but it's also the same uh, scheme used for a lot of uh, public sector labor laws, um, both for federal employees, but also at the state and local level. Um, and it's, it's what's referred to as exclusive representation, um, also known as monopoly bargaining. Um, and basically what it means is that, um, you know, there can be, let's say there's a vote. Sometimes there's a vote, sometimes uh, not. But um, uh, so let's say that there's 100 workers in a workplace and uh, enough of them say, hey, we want to hold an election. Um, to see if we want to have a, a union in this workplace. And so maybe 50 of them vote and 30 of them vote for the union and 20 of them vote against it. Um, well, that 30 workers is enough for all 100 to now be covered by the union monopoly. And that's enforced by government. And um, the employer then has to talk to that union. Um, and the union can agree to a contract that applies to each and every worker, even the ones who didn't vote, even the ones who voted against it. Um, and whatever contract they have uh, and, and come up with applies to them. And so that's what we refer to as monopoly representation. It doesn't matter that um, many of those workers uh, didn't want the union, that they're not union members. It doesn't matter that uh, they may be 
getting blocked from a promotion or raise by that union contract. It doesn't matter that the union contract may say you're, you have the least seniority and therefore anytime there's layoffs, you're the first one to lose your job. That contract applies to each and every one of them. And that takes place in the private sector um, under the National Labor Relations Act. Uh, it also takes place in the government sector. So that's where you see uh, schools, uh, public uh, teachers who are unionized, um, and a lot of them maybe, you know, were unionized 30, 40 years ago. So these current workers never even had a vote, these teachers. Uh, but the union has the power to contract on their behalf. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a really significant power. I mean, think about power of attorney and who, who you would trust with the power to enter into binding contracts for you. Um, you know, there wouldn't be very many people, maybe, you know, a spouse, um, a parent, a trusted family member or friend. Uh, maybe an attorney you really trust, but certainly not just any attorney. Um, and yet the unions are granted that power over workers, um, over those workers' objections. Um, and there's and no yet, doubt it's so more abusive contract. in a non-right-to-work state than it is a right-to-work state. Uh, it's more abusive in the uh, uh, public government sector versus the private sector. But it exists, and it does so via the National Labor Relations Board, via the bargaining rules and guidelines in employer-slash-employee uh, contract law, etc. But I want to broaden it even further because it relates to um, not only do they get enabled by certain acts and certain rules and guidelines, and etc., etc., in government, but they also get special privilege by, for example, the Hobbs Act, extortion. Okay, that's an act to stop people from violent abuse of one another. But the union's got a special opt-out privilege in most cases, as Patrick told us. So it's not only laws that enable them, it's laws that give them exceptions and protects them. Uh, when we find out something's egregious, we get a law to stop it, and then but they get their own special privilege related to it. So it's laws that are not only giving them authority, but it's laws that are protecting them and getting them out of accountability on the other side of the coin, Patrick. So I wanted to broaden the answer slightly. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that's... Yeah, that that's, that's right, Sam. And I mean, you know, a couple of examples are, let's say uh, a worker in a unionized workplace goes to their boss directly and says, hey, you know, look, I, I'd like to work out a, a contract with you. I think I deserve a, a raise. Um, if, if the employer talked to them at all about that, the union can go to the federal government and say they're violating our exclusive representation powers by talking directly to this worker. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's really that extreme. Um, in a non-right-to-work state, if a, a company says, look, we'll negotiate a contract, but just so you know, we're not going to agree to a forced dues clause. You know, we're not going to force everyone to pay you money in whatever contract we end up with. They would go to the National Labor Relations Board and say, the company committed an unfair labor practice charge by not negotiating with us over forcing the workers to pay us money. Um, so that's how extreme and heavy-handed the government is. In but they wouldn't say uh, forcing situation. the workers to pay us money, although that's the facts. What they would say is from us providing representation for them and having the funding to do so. Right? Right. Uh, but, of course, as we've, as we've discussed, that's unwanted representation in many instances. And that gets to the core problem. I, I just um, want people to understand you know, that on the other side of the coin, when they pitch it, I, I just want to explain, Patrick, when they pitch it, they're not pitching it 
in the way we're telling you to some degree. They're, they're using right. polite language, though. They don't just say, yeah, we want to force everybody. Everybody help us. They're like, no, we need to represent these people. and fu- It's required to have funding to do so. And uh, they couch it in very nice language, even though the hook uh, is in the language for sure. Yeah, that's right. They, they, they call it Interesting. union security clauses. But, um, but it's, it's just about whether a worker can be fired for not paying money to the union. All right. Any final follow-up so, there, Chris? Then we'll let you fly. Yeah. So, no, I, I think you've answered the question. Is, do you have a website, Patrick, that I can go to that explains what you've just explained to me? Yeah. Sure. Um, so if you go to righttowork.org um, or nrtw.org, that's the National Right to Work Foundation website. And I believe in the frequently, frequently asked questions, we talk a little bit about monopoly bargaining, exclusive representation, um, and how that is the the first um, government intervention and coercion in this federal labor law. And then you have, of course, forced dues, which is layered on top of that in the states, uh, the 23 states that don't have right to work laws. So you'll be able to find that information there. Okay. Thank you very much. No, I, that's all I have, Sam. And, Thanks, Chris. Uh, one, last, thank one last quick point is that, you know, the second you agree to a union, if you're in a right to work state or not, especially if you're not, um, all kinds of other things trigger. So you kind of volunteer to be part of what you don't really realize is a whole myriad of complicated behind the scenes. They have a lot of laws and a lot of historical precedent, court cases, da da da, to draw upon uh, to Patrick that makes it, uh, it's literally like a shark tank when you get there, right? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's specifically, you know, deliberately complicated um, so that, you know, individual workers can't get straight answers about what's going on. And yet, uh, you know, when you have union lawyers running things um, and, and when things go wrong, they, they run to the federal government and get them to, to help them do their bidding. All right. Thanks, Chris. Is there any other uh, tidbits? You only got two minutes, Patrick. Is there anything else we ought to know before we talk next time? Well, uh, you know, next time we can get into some of the cases that are going on. Of course, the Janus is the 2018 decision that says public employees can't be required to pay money to a union. But um, unions all across the country are violating that. So we've had, I think, over 40 cases to enforce that already. Um, but, uh, you know, just getting one back to, to Chris's question, I think it's important to, to remember, you know, convicted criminals in this country have the right to choose their own representation. And yet we deny that right to just regular hardworking Americans um, who have union representation imposed on them. And and I think that's just an important thing to remember of how um, twisted and coercive uh, our federal labor laws are. We'll dig into the cases next time, my friend. Thank you so much for staying extra time. Ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Simmons. Thank you, sir. All right. Glad to be with you again, Sam. Thanks. Righttowork.org and crew doing a phenomenal job. Thanks. Shout out to them. Quick pause. More news. Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. 
Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be the power of love that saves us. I'm telling you right now, the love of the Savior, Jesus Christ. That's key, folks. Don't forget it in this crazy world where it just seems like there's division and hate everywhere. Don't fall for it. There's a lot of good, loving, Christian, faithful, law-abiding people out there that are making a difference day in and day out, and many of them are unsung heroes. You don't know about them, but the work they do is no doubt tremendous Indeed, it's a marvelous work and a wonder, uh, the efforts that are being made by a lot of people. All right, so there you have that. Let's see, I want to cover this here. In his first address to Congress, whacked out Joe Biden, Biden declared white supremacists posed the most lethal terrorist threat to the United States. Of all the different threats we could have in America, ladies and gentlemen, the most lethal is them white supremacists. Now, folks, don't get me wrong. There probably are people who are white supremacists who are literally white, and they believe that, you know, they're uh, because they're white, they're better than everybody else, and because they're white, they're the superior or the Aryan nation race or whatever else. And I'm not here to attack people that believe that. I don't agree with you if you believe that. I think you're misguided if you believe that. But I still have a Christian heart towards you, even if you believe those Uh, in my opinion, wrong-headed falsehoods. Uh, But at the same time, I don't really know any people who truly openly, blatantly, completely believe that way. And I think that they are far and few between. I think there are some radicalized groups, but Antifa, Black Lives Matter, some white supremacist groups, there's extremism on both sides. As Donald Trump wisely pointed out, look, there's bad guys on both sides. There's also good people who have different beliefs, conservative, liberal, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, For example, I believe America is the greatest country on the face of the earth, not because we're white, uh, but because we've learned to follow God's laws and follow principle. And when you do so, you're blessed. You get you get rewards. Okay, and and, and when you follow proper principle, natural law blesses you, rewards you. Karma is the way the uh, other side might say it. Those who aren't, you know, Christian focused. In other words, what you do follows you, et cetera, et cetera. 
Anyway, imagine in your first address as president, you're saying the white supremacists are the biggest threat we've got. Well, if that was just his opinion, that's one thing. I disagree with him. I think there's some wackos out there, but I don't think they're our biggest threat by any means. Personally, I'm starting to think government is our biggest threat. And I don't mean the legitimate, proper role of constitutional government. That's our biggest blessing. That's what allows us to prosper and be free. Okay, government has a purpose and a legitimate need. Uh, it fills the void, the vacuum, hopefully with power that can repel a greater power that would be more tyrannical by nature, right? But I'm starting to believe that government's out of control when I hear all these stories about the FBI just abusing people left and right all the way from Ammon Bundy to Michael Flynn to who knows who, right? Maybe you. <laughs> well, now Joe Biden is creating a secret police force to spy on Trump supporters and others online. Did you hear about this? I'm going to say it again. Joe Biden is creating a secret police force to spy on Trump supporters and conservatives online. Biden is eyeing private firms to help spy on Americans. Now, Art Moore, WorldNet Daily brings it up, but the DOJ considers seeking domestic terror law for the purpose. So what they're doing is they're backing into this terrorism ideology. They're backing into this white supremacist ideology. And they believe Donald Trump is a white supremacist, a racist. And they believe Christians are racists. All right. Here's what they say. Why do we need this power? Well, what do you do about ideology that's leading to violence, huh? That's what they're saying. What do you do about ideology that's leading to violence? And what they're doing with this, ladies and gentlemen, is they are backing into this narrative which will let them be unstoppable. It's kind of like the vaccine debate, okay? Where it's like, well, the reason that you got to take a vaccine is to protect me. The reason I take a vaccine is to protect you. Or the reason you wear a mask is to protect others. The reason they wear a mask is to protect you. And the reason that they pitch it like that, even though it's not truthful, is because then you can't really jettison their narrative. I mean, what, am I rejecting protecting you? See? And they trap you with this circular, dishonest, immoral logic where now it's like, hey, white supremacist, you're, well, if you believe in critical race theory, you are a systemic white supremacist racist. You can't help it. You probably don't even know it. And if you don't know it and you don't agree with it, that just proves that you are. And if you want evidence, well, that even proves you're even a greater racist. And they go on and on and on. Well, the problem with that whole scenario is that they say Jesus Christ was the biggest racist. Yeah. Uh, and how they get there? Well, there's all kinds of ways. Okay, uh, I'll give you an example. They're saying Jingle Bells is racist now. Why? Well, you know, in the old days, they used to put bells on the slaves, using the N-word at the time, to make sure that if they tried to move and escape, would hear the bells and we could stop them before they hit the swamp. See? So Jingle Bells is a, you know, link back to the racist times of our nation and See, and they go on and on and on and on with this kind of stuff. 
And no matter what, you cannot win the argument against vaccines, against the masks, against because they frame the arguments in such a way, if you fall for it anyway, that you're just sidelined. Well, I mean, you don't want to hurt everybody else. That's why you got to wear a mask. What are you suggesting? That you have the right to hurt everybody else? Well, now Biden is eyeing private firms to spy on Americans. Yeah. They say, what do you do about an ideology that's leading to violence? So my ideology here, never mind the fact that I reject hate and promote love and and reject violence and stand for peaceful restoration rather than revolution. And because I follow Jesus Christ and because I'm a Christian and because I'm white and because I'm a male and because I'm heterosexual, you know, I love my wife and okay, then I'm the enemy and my rhetoric has got to be violent. See, that's where they're headed with this thing. And I personally think that if Donald Trump is literally eyeing private firms to help spy on the American people. Joe Biden creating a secret police force to spy on us uh, because of the, quote, domestic threat relation. You know, if you believe in Donald Trump, you're, you know, you're insurrectionist by association to the big dog, to the big insurrectionist, Donald himself. See, and they're going along with this narrative. And if we let it stand, we're in real trouble, folks. I think we need to impeach President Biden right now. Uh, because if he really is doing this, there's also allegations that he sent private communiques to the illegal aliens coming to our country, inviting them, contrary to the law in America. See, these things that, that if, are being done are treasonous. And they've already spied on Donald Trump. We know that, right? And now they're going to spy on every one of us? Well, you don't need to spy on me, FBI. You can go to libertyroundtable.com and download my radio programs. Okay, I'll even pay for the servers so that you can download them and everything else. Okay, you don't got to hide. And But the problem is, when will they say my rhetoric? What about my ideologies that lead to violence? They would claim yes. I would claim they're off their rockers, right? I'm certainly not leading to violence. But they would say, you know, you've been kind to Donald Trump. You uh, have, you know, talked a lot about the Founding Fathers. They were violent racists. Yeah. So that's what we're facing, folks. And Americans better, in my opinion, wise up to it ASAP. If we don't, it's going to get above us and be about impossible to stop. And it's interesting to me that, you know what, they're pursuing a continuation of the George Bush Republican policy. So I don't think the Republicans have escaped this or that the Republicans could save you from this because the Republicans, George Bush, started it all. George Bush and crew after 9-11 started the Patriot Act, right? George Bush and crew are the ones that spied on all of us and said, no, we're not, but then got caught lying. And the answer was, yes, you were and yes, you are. Anyway, there you have that. We better wake up to this, and we better do it soon. You know, where does Biden get the authority to use private firms to spy on us? Think about your amendments to the Constitution, your Fourth and Fifth Amendments. But you know what? If they create a secret police force, what they'll do is they'll define us all as the enemy combatants. They'll define us all under the Patriot Act as lone wolves or whatever other language they use that have legal term ramification. Uh, and then they'll use that to marginalize each of us and say, well, we don't need to treat you like a citizen because you become a terrorist enemy combatant. And therefore, hey, 
different rules apply to you. We better beware, ladies and gentlemen, or people like me will be off the radio. All right, enough of that piece, but shame on Joe, and, and we need this to be transparent. We need more, more and more and more Americans to know about it and to push back, and really, we need to start talking about impeaching Biden for even doing such a thing in the first place. All right, I guess there's a headline about police in Ontario, Canada. Police in Ontario, Canada have locked the doors of a church to stop in-person worship. Folks, this is getting bad. In my opinion, this is getting really bad. Right? Because if we can just flat out shut down a church, I know this is Canada. But we're starting to see, uh, in my opinion, this problem where, you know what, you can't worship. We're going to force you to stop worship. They did this big time in California. And now they're doing it in Ontario, Canada. It's becoming a worldwide thing. They are trying to shut us down. And the more religious the efforts are, the more they want to shut us down, it seems. Okay? If you don't believe me they're coming for the Christians, why have churches been locked down and shut down the most? Bars and, you know, restaurants have been shut down a little bit, but not near as much. Strip clubs can stay open in California, but churches can't. Why are churches attacked the most? And the answer is because, in my opinion, that's where the solutions are. Solutions are not in politics. Solutions are not in the red or the blue or the conservative or the liberal or the solutions are in the principles of almighty God and his love for his children. That's us. And for our opportunity to turn to him and repent and get guidance and protection. That's where the solutions lie. The solutions lie in getting married and having children in families and understanding the proper role of constitutional government and insisting on it turning to God Almighty. It is that simple. It's God, family, and country. It always has been and always will be. Some would say, Sam, you oversimplify. And I say, yeah, maybe so, but you deny where the real solutions are. So what would you rather do, simplify or deny? Huh? I'd rather try to teach the principles as simplified as they might be to help people return to Christ. And when we do, blessings will be our companion and our result. Thanks for listening. I am Sam Bushman. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Donate as liberally as you can, please. Every penny will be used to grow our presence in the media. We declare we the people can and will restore America. Will you help? God save the Republic of the United States of America.